The web marketing experts at wmetraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Webcology starts now, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. It's like the October 2016. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And this is a, it's kind of a, an important day for, uh, for Dave and I. It's our 10th anniversary. Uh, Dave, we've been together for 10 years, man, broadcasting on these airwaves, starting on October 12th, 2006, with The Alternative. Yeah, that seems like a long time ago. Remember when there were alternatives? <laughs> to major search sort <laughs> of and uh bing counts or something yeah um but it's still you know what even back in 2006 and what it was a google verse back in 2006 one of the reasons we started the alternative was because it was such a google verse you know, and yeah. things haven't changed. As a matter of fact, they've consolidated. Consolidated. It feels like. Oh, very much. I mean, for for anybody who's ever used, and and, and you're old enough to do it, and and for our listening crowd, if you haven't been there, it doesn't really matter now, but it's still fun. Uh, the clay, who powers whom? I mean, you remember, this was like, we all used it, and it was like a map of who's powering which search engines. Well, they've actually got a slider on it now, so dude, just put in who powers whom or something into, into Google, you'll find it. Um, and it's on the Bruce Clay site, but it actually has a slider that lets you scroll back in time. So you can actually see the, the like, mess of who was powering whom, um, you know, a decade ago versus, you know, when we started our show versus now. And there's, like, three or four dots with, like, a couple arrows pointing around now. And it was just a nightmare <laughs> to, to keep track of who was actually powering whose results. In fact, uh, people who are new to the SEO industry might use the Bruce Clay, who's powering who, uh, uh, chart to sort of study the formation black hole phenomena because you know as time goes on everything just sort of falls into google <laughs> it's true it's very very true um uh, it's been a long strange 10 years uh this is again this is a 10 you'd think we'd have something to commemorate 10 years but uh it sort of snuck up on us um <laughs> A lot's happened, and we've got a big show today, so we, we really do got to keep moving and, and not just talk about ourselves. Uh, you know, PubCon is happening as we speak in Las Vegas. Um, yep. Unfortunately, neither of us are there. But, and this got to get noted, the, the uh, U.S. Search Awards took place last night, and uh, PubCon and Webmaster World founder, Brett Tabke, was honored with a Lifetime Achievement for just all the contributions he's made to the world of search. Uh, I, you know, that, that, that ought to get recognized, because Brett's done uh, valuable. Oh, yeah, that's a well-earned honor. <laughs> like, yeah. He's definitely put in his time and done his contributions. And, uh, yeah, it's, I don't think anybody in the industry can question the, the value that he's added to the industry. Um, massive congratulations to Brett Tabke for uh, for the award and for everything you've achieved, bro. Uh, thank you so much. Um, where do we want to go? There was well, we can mention. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Piece that was published at a Search Engine Roundtable a couple days ago. It was a conversation actually that happened between uh, Barry Schwartz and Gary Ease from uh, from Google, and. Uh, as Gary point, or as as Barry pointed out at the beginning of the piece, it's something SEOs should already know, but apparently a lot of them didn't. 
So, um, looks at the link source, the, the, the page the link comes from. But it doesn't do that in exclusion. Penguin examines the link source when like determining the validity of a link from one document to another. Uh, if there's a reason for the link to exist, a relevancy between link source topic and page being linked to, the link is almost certainly useful for the site user and thus probably good. If there's no reason, it's probably not good, and it's been that way for 10 years or more. Is it a, is Pen, Dave, do you get the feeling that Penguin's actually a lot easier to understand than we thought it might be? Yeah. Yeah, like everything I keep hearing about it. And I mean, it, it's been confusing to try and pull the data out um, from, from some, you know, conflicting things. Like even on our show over the last few weeks, we've had some conflicting reports um, that we've been talking about from, from Google or, or just from general interpretation here. But the further along we're getting and the more clarified what they're talking about, Penguin is getting, the more it seems like it's almost a case of them coming in and going, all that stuff we said about links we've kind of figured out how to do it now, right? Like, so to your point, yeah, it's just sort of clarified and gone for all those of you who have been obeying the rules and been doing what we're telling you, you're kind of going to get your reward now um, because we figured it out, right? Or at least they think they have. I mean, they've said that before. Remember the paid links don't work. That was like a decade ago. <laughs> Obviously they did, but I, I think they've really figured it out and it actually is, um, you know, sort of starting to come to uh, come to its own. It's a little early to conclude that, I guess, but it definitely seems that that's what they're saying. Well, one thing I took issue with, with the way, and this might just be the way that, that Gary Ease phrased it, I don't like the, I, I, I don't like leaving the thought with the idea that Google is, that Google's Penguin is looking at the source document. It's got to be looking at the document that's being linked to as well to, you know, figure out if there's a topical relevancy. It's got to consider the uh, page being linked to. We know that Google keeps a running file on every document in its or object in its index. And we're going to be actually talking that about that a little bit later when we talk about an article you found about uh, how Google labels links. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Well- to your point, I, th- I think what they're trying to say, and it's it's funny, it, it's not like the Matt Cutts days where he you know he got a question, it would be sent to him, he'd formulate his answer, and then he'd do a video, right? Like we've got Gary and, and respect to him for this, um, and John to to a great degree as well, responding much more on the fly, right? They're doing hangouts, they're on Twitter responding to answers, so they're going much more on the fly. So I understand how there can be some confusion. I think what he's more trying to say is, and to your point, they have to look at your site to under. I think technically what they're doing is sort of reversing it, right? They're looking at your relevancy going, okay, you're about whatever, internet marketing. Okay, now let's pull back and we're going to look at all those links and start assigning their value based on what we understand about you. So I think what he's trying to say is the value of that link or or the value assigned to that link or link, you know, whether it's a label or not, uh, is being passed, but it's based on their understanding of you and now they're interpreting the source of that of that link and, and starting to extrapolate from that direction. So I think there was some confusion in the way he worded it, but I think technically he was wording it probably right. Okay, but let me hear, here's the silly question though. How is that any different than than the way we've understood how Google looks at links for like the last ten years? Yeah, I know. I, I as soon as I read the title of that one it all confirmed it, I was like Yeah. <laughs> right from the, the basic rank algorithm, we understood that the weight flowed, right? Like it went from the link source through. So yeah, I, I think, I think it's exactly what we already do. I think they're kind of proud because as engineers, they've kind of figured out some new ways to deal with stuff, which is, is great. And, and, and that's wonderful for them. Uh, but I think they're basically announcing stuff that we all might've viewed in different ways, but we all kind of knew was happening and now they're just doing it differently and, and probably more effectively better and that's why they're very proud of themselves but I think we're, we're talking about something we all either knew was happening or it wasn't and certainly should have been right like maybe that's the case maybe they weren't doing it properly before and now they are and they're very happy for that it pretty much matches up with I think what everybody thought was going on anyway for the past I don't know decade or more how Google does it is complex honestly like how Google 
determines relevancy. How Google uh, uh, looks looks at one site and documents in its in its index and matches them up. It's complexity beyond my what I can comprehend. Mm-hmm. But what they're trying to do has always been clear enough, eh? Good links are good experiences. Relevant links help users and AI learn through making good connections. Non-relevant links gum up the machine. And even if the machine was was made to respond to their presence, it still eventually gums up the working order. Penguins don't like gum. Imagine a bunch of people in tuxedos chewing gum. It degrades the experience. It does. It leads to malnourishment. It leads to constipation. And it can even lead to perceiving the odd apparition if it gets stuck in your digestive tract. (laughs) Gum's not good for penguins. Google is using whole flocks of penguins with brooms and other sweeping devices duct taped to their asses to clean up like this massive, incredibly massive set of hot and dirty footprints left across the tundra in Antarctica. Now, the Antarctica of its link-baiting soul, um, it's like the garbage left over from a gold rush that Google itself created. I think we're on another gold rush now. When Google says... We can determine what are good and bad links and don't worry about it. We'll just filter out the bad links. We won't score them. I think Google's hit another gold rush. I wonder how strong that duct tape on the penguins' asses are. Yeah, well, one of the things, and and that's a a great segue, and I'm... sort of quick back and forth on Twitter um, that I'd had, or Gary, you know, he's, he's good for responding on Twitter. So Gary had responded to a question I had. My question was, and we, I think we've touched on it on the show um, to Gary was, is there a delay? Like basically if I get a penalty um, and it's based on penguin and I repair those issues, is there a trust based delay or, or a sandbox basically so that you me proving that I can play nice with the other websites. The answer from Gary was no. Um, there is no delay. So they're very, very confident in their in their algorithm um, that it's detecting all this stuff that they understand what you're doing. I was surprised by that answer because I figured, fair enough, you know, you've triggered this thing, your trust now, you know, maybe your trust rank drops and you've got to prove you can play nice again. Right? The, 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 treat it like a new site and it needs to start ticking forward or something like that. Uh, but he had said no. Now, I had posted a comment about that on Facebook, and I, I won't name him on the air, the, the person that responded, uh, but basically responded exactly like I, I knew somebody would and probably many people would to this piece of information. Mm-hmm. I had noted in, in, a, in a post I did on the exchange was basically, this is kind of a, a recipe for disaster because if people know there's no long-term harm, hey, why not try and game the system and then just yes. track it and, and, then, <laughs> and then fire in? Well, People had actually posted this thing on, you know, a, a, a snippet on my Facebook going, um, you know, here, here's the exchange and just challenge accepted. <laughs> so, indeed, right? Pardon me? Indeed. Yeah. It's like, okay, if there's no long-term penalty, now the caveat to that is if they are genuinely that good, like if they actually are as good as they think they are at telling what is spam and what isn't, a whole bunch of black hat link strategies are, or, or strategists are about to waste enormous resources. Um, you know, trying to game a system only to find out it doesn't work. But I have a hunch there's going to be a few strategies that sneak through the cracks, and uh, I think it's good. It's going to be fun to watch anyway, if nothing else. <laughs> you know, here's here's my interpretation on it. What I would do if I was them, if there's no sandbox, if, if, if what Gary is saying is totally true. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, can you burn out the bots? Like, if you're constantly throwing links and Google's perceiving new connections to your website from other websites, mm-hmm. you know, naturally, it sees a link, it's got to go check it out. But if it sees a link associated with a domain that is, um, let's say, playing fast and loose with the links, mm-hmm. or what it perceives to be playing fast and loose with links, you'd think it would want to visit it less frequently and right. thus trigger a recovery or or a demotion, whichever it it perceives, it would trigger a response a little slower. Now, this is speculation. I have no idea if that's the way it works or not. But if I were them, that's how I would do it. And it's not a sandbox. It's just, you know, you used your allocation of energy this month. 
<laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love the way you worded that because you sounded a lot like Matt Cutts in one of my favorite statements he ever said. No, there's not an official sandbox. There's just algorithmic functions that may look and act like one. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was doing dinosaur hands at the time, eh? <laughs> Um, so, uh, I mean, they, you know, you, you bring up a good point. And something I think that's always important to remember is Google engineers and the folks at Google always, well, they don't always answer technically right, but even when they answer right, they answer technically right. And it is important to remember our conversation that I was having with Gary there was strictly from the context of Penguin. Now, so a Penguin-only recovery would be instantaneous. That's not to say there aren't other spam aspect triggers um, that have now kicked in that might have trust-based, um, you know, delays put into them or something. They might that might just be part of their trust rank algorithm, but it's not part of Penguin. So he didn't answer that question. <laughs> so so it does get a little a, a little convoluted in there. But from a Penguin standpoint, it, it would be instantaneous. So that's that's I suppose all I really take from that. Indeed. Take what Gary and uh, uh, John Mueller are saying as literally as possible. Yeah. That's, that's my advice right now because there's a lot of information going out there. And uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. You got like a gajillion questions being thrown at you and you want to be so careful not to give the wrong answer. Yeah. So you got to limit yourself to the scope of the questions. quickly. Indeed. Okay, um, we got to go to a break soon. We got time for a couple more stories. Yep. Something that uh, snuck out of PubCon uh, from uh, Gary E's uh, keynote keynote conversation. Google is moving towards mobile first SERPs, so they're going to be favoring mobile websites in you know. Mobile or desktop search results. They're just it's it's it's, it's a mobile universe no matter where you look. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well no, I mean that's really? that's what you, I mean the thing is we've we've sort of watched this happening, right? Like are you surprised? I'm not surprised at all. I know Cindy's like finally right sitting in her chair. Oh, <laughs> Cindy is not sitting in her chair. She's dancing on the bloody and ceiling. Like, <laughs> yes, I told you all. I told you all. Um so, um, so yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised at all. I read it and went, uh-huh. And the thing is, when you think about a user, right, like you're a user, when you're using desktop or you're using your mobile, and I'm going B2C, you're a consumer looking for a business, which is the vast majority of people. Most people aren't, you're an SEO looking up SEO-y kind of data or whatever, right? Like where, yes, you need fresh content. Um, but generally, that'll be like even on your desktop. But for the most users... On their mobile, they're looking for data based right now. They want to know what is the weather right now. They want to know where is the bus right now. They want to know what's the restaurant reservation like right now. Right? Like they want to know these things right now. When I'm sitting on a desktop, I don't have that urgency. So it makes total sense um, that they'd, they'd be going that route. Well, um, so I wasn't surprised at all. Seamless universe. Uh, that's, 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 that's what I'm thinking. Um, it takes way too much to support indexes um we're we've passed the 55 percent mark in search volume coming from mobile devices rather than desktop devices i have one client who's getting over 80 percent of her searches on mobile devices uh now mind you this is fashion retail but still that's where the searches are coming from yeah um and yeah i think google's just trying to make a seamless environment but we also got to look at google's new hardware world google the path that so many before them have walked down. This might be a dangerous, dangerous and rocky path, but uh, full of rare earths and weird metals. But Google is making its own phones now, and uh, we could, you know, this could be something to do with uh, their mobile or their 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 hardware strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, quick tip to Google: while you're making your own phones, physical keyboard. It worked for BlackBerry. Trust me on this one. <laughs> okay. We have just been informed by studio that there is, in fact, a doctor in the house. Friends, we got Dr. Pete Myers, mad scientist at Moz, coming up on this show in about five minutes or less. That's, uh, that, 
that's what that's uh I don't, I don't even got the words for that. We got Dr. Pete coming on the show. That is so cool. Yeah. Um we ought, probably ought to take a break. The faster we take a break, the faster we get to talk to the good doctors. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beamstock Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from News Always Media here. Cranberry.fm. It's the 13th of October 2016, and we're coming back with Dr. Pete from Moz after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. All of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm programs. Affiliate Buzz, Next Gen Now, CEO Coach, Cyber Law, and Business Report have found a new home. SEO Rockstars, SEM Synergy, Webcology, SEO 101, PPC Rockstars, Purse Strings with Maria Retan. All of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm programs have found a new home. Cranberry Radio, Cranberry.fm. Cranberry Radio, online anytime at cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Is the 13th of October 2016. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and uh, we're joined by Dr. Pete Myers from Moz.com, uh, otherwise known as the Mad Scientist of Moz. Uh, Dr. Pete, welcome to Webcology. Thank you. Glad to be here. Man, it is, it's a serious treat to have you on. This is a, a incredibly opportune time to have you on. Um, earlier today, uh, as news is you know coming out from PubCon, read a story where uh, and I, I don't I don't know if I quite understand this, and I, I think you really are the guy to ask about this. Um, Gary Eves was uh, suggesting that the penguin or the recoveries out in the last few weeks, those uh, recoveries recovery rollout, as they called it, have already happened. Earlier, you published uh, a piece earlier today um, over at the Moz.com blog, Why Didn't You Recover from Penguin? So, um, what do you make of that statement, that that all the recoveries have rolled out, and you've seen it or you haven't? That statement. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's what I'm being told. Uh, I think it's mostly true. This has been a really weird rollout. Uh, the post gets into that. But essentially they did something a bit different. They reversed all of the previous penguins. So the new penguin, we're calling it 4.0, and I think that's kind of a mistake because it's, it's really completely different. And Google's told us, you know, this is a devaluation model. They're devaluing our bad links. They're not penalizing a site like they used to. But the way they rolled it out was kind of strange. They rolled out the new code first, the kind of softer devaluation code. Mm-hmm. 
And then that had to churn through the link graph. You know, Google had to go in and look at all these links, and that, that takes a long time once you get pretty deep. And then a few days later, and we don't know exactly when, they started the reversals of the old penguins, one through three. And that, that reversal period... In around between data centers. Mm-hmm. And we Gary made some public statements about that, but essentially they rolled data out and it had to be refreshed. And it, it was just a really unusual pattern of signals and not something we've seen before in a really long time stretch. From what we can see, it seems to be settling down, but I don't know if it's completely done. I'm not convinced. I think it's mostly done. Let's call it that. Well, could it have long-term repercussions as Google starts to calculate value for this object, that object, or whatever object, and then apply those values against any object it might be linked to, which in turn changes the values of all those objects? How oh, long yeah, definitely. Could, so if, how long if Penguin go? is – sorry, I missed the last part. I'm sorry. Well, how long can it go before it really settles out? Well, in terms of Penguin being quote-unquote re- – I, it's a dangerous phrase, but what they're telling us is that the the new link devaluations are happening as Google crawls those links. That's ongoing forever. So the new Penguin is going to be happening all the time from this day forward and every day. Uh, I think that impact, though, is going to be very small. And so what they're telling us is that the actual reversal of the old demotions is done in the data, but yeah, is that going to have repercussions for a while? That's harder to say. You know, does that impact indirectly how links are weighed, or does something have to be reevaluated, or does some other process have to happen? I don't know. I, it's such a large scale thing that that could get pretty complicated, and that's also going to lead people to do kind of reactionary things too. So people are going to try to adjust to that and do other things. So yeah, in terms of practical impact of Penguin, it's for a while, but in terms of the technical statement that the demotions have been rolled back, I, I'm going to call that mostly true. Okay. <laughs> we're doing, <laughs> we're doing politifact that checking. That's about as vague as I be. <laughs> it's going to be you a mess are... for a while, but I'm not going to say Google's wrong. Let's put it that way. At Moz, you are blessed with an absurd, uh, incalculable amount of data any given period, right? It is calculable, but yeah. <laughs> it's pretty large. But um, incalculable by my tiny brain. Um, what did the period during Penguin look like when looking... I mean, all of us know what it looked like for our individual clients, uh, you know, looking at a search console or, or, or Google Analytics. What did that look like to you, looking at an aggregate of... or else? Oh, there was huge activity. Uh, so Google, the announcement came out with 23rd of September, and we think that timeline isn't far off. Maybe some things started to happen a couple days out. But starting around the 27th, we saw really high temperatures, uh, a couple of spikes well above 100. So the Moscast system I built is tuned on average to a, a regular day should be around 70 degrees Fahrenheit. So we had we've had multiple days above 100. We had a record day of I want to say 116. But we've seen huge movement day to day in in page one SERPs. And uh, the other thing that's made a mess though is that there were at least, to our knowledge, and they're not confirmed, there were at least three other events that happened in September. Don't you hate it when they do that? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> there was a big thing on the first. There was a big thing on the 15th. There were a lot of changes happening. All they they decided to roll out a bunch of things all at once and just kind of get it done with. <laughs> it's it's kind of the story I got. Uh, so there's a lot going on, and you know, and when we see it in a model like Moscast, we're really just seeing we're measuring just change. You know, we're measuring. We look at the top ten for ten thousand keywords one day. We look at it again the next day. How many things move? I mean, that's the short story. So you know that any kind of shift tell them apart that much. We can tell what keywords moved, or maybe we can tell if one industry moved more than another, or if local intent versus, you know, non-local. But all we're really seeing is 
movement, and there was a huge amount of movement, really huh. almost entirely through September and still through, what are we at? We're, you know, we're almost mid-October. I, I always figured that Google engineers did that. They, they bulk a number of things all into the same month so that they could play the SEO drinking game, you know, where they're all, <laughs> hey, that- That's let's, let's, let's just see if they can mess with us. Yeah, yeah. To be, I mean, to be on, you know, just to be serious for a minute. I, I think that when they do something like that, it's as hard for them as us because they can't measure impact as well. Well, yeah, it's all so there, there's, there's a cost. You know, there's a cost of that noise to them too, and so I, I generally think they try to avoid it. But yeah, they they went they went all in in September. I think this might be due, at least in some small part, and we know it, the holiday season are fast approaching, right? Like, we're, we're hitting that. They need some time to react to things blowing up in their faces. Um, you know, like, if if Penguin 4's rollout had gone horribly wrong, they need some time to, to deal with that. So, do you think that might have been why they were being so fast? They needed this done before the holiday season, um, but, you know, they and, and they didn't want to make us wait another uh, quarter. <laughs> After last year's, it'll happen by the end of the year. That happened about the time the Penguin 4 actually finally rolled out this year. Um, but, yeah, do you think it was impacted by the holidays, having learned back from Florida updates and stuff like that? Yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot of evidence for that. But, you know, I, I will say this. Uh, we're all kind of biased by that history of SEO and the Florida update and such. If you look at the actual movement in the algorithm for the last couple of years, they are quieter than normal in December. It does seem like they try and kind of get things out. And before that whole Black Friday season, which, you know, according to Amazon, is like mid-November to March, uh, they, try to, they try to quiet things down. So I, I do think they want to lower the impact, especially for commercial sites over the holidays. But I think your other point may be closer to the truth that, you know, they've just been getting a ton of pressure on when is this going to happen, when is it going to happen. And they were coming up on the two-year mark, I think it was like, 10 days when they started to actually do they were just starting to get a lot of a lot of questions a lot of PR flack and a lot of people just saying hey why don't you guys just do this already and I, I wonder if they just got tired of us <laughs> it, was just, it was just time they didn't want that post to, they didn't want Barry's post you know two years without Penguin and then, uh, 500 copycat posts that same day I'm sure it hurt them badly. They, they felt terrible, I'm sure. <laughs> so let's talk then. I mean, you wrote a great piece. Um, so let's talk about people who didn't recover, right? Like, there were, there were for, as, you, as we're talking about right now, for about two years now, there were people, you know, white-knuckling it, waiting, waiting for this thing. You know, the ones that didn't go out of business in the last two years, you know, waiting that very process out. So now let's say you're here. You either didn't bounce back or didn't bounce back as much. You got a little lift, but not what you thought you were you were anticipating. You didn't go right back to where you were sort of thing. Why? Why is that? And you, and you wrote a great piece about it. Yeah, yeah. Let me try and summarize. Uh, so first of all, I'm going to say this is this is tough love. Uh, I, I, you know, I've been in the trenches with people, and I've seen small businesses go under because of updates. And that two-year waiting period, you know, that sucked. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I empathize with the people who are going through this, but peddling it won't help them. So, you know, it, here's the way I see it. Uh, I think Penguin did happen. You know, I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. Uh, I think it's mostly done. So, yes, there maybe there's some hope you could still recover. I don't think it's the odds are high. Uh, I, I think there are two likely things that are true for a lot of people. One is that we get really obsessed with this whole penguin panda thing and with named up. And manual actions and all kinds of technical problems you can have that aren't counted in that 600. And so, you know, I fear for a lot of people, and I've certainly seen this before in Q&A on Moz and other places uh, when people contact me, that there are a lot of people who think they were hit by penguin who weren't mm-hmm. uh, and who are fixing the wrong thing. You know, I think that's a reality for many people. There are many link-based and penalties and devaluation that aren't Penguin. Google used links long before Penguin, and they penalized us for doing bad things with links long before Penguin, and all that stuff still exists. 
So you could have something that feels like penguin and isn't. Uh, and then the other thing I think is this this word play between devaluation and demotion. And I'm going to use Google's terms, but it gets confusing. And I think the problem is if you did because of bad links, that's a very well, that was a very high impact, you know, site wide kind of thing. But if the new penguin comes into play and the old penguin goes away and all your links were crap and they were all devalued or they were mostly devalued, you still got nothing. So you're not in the penalty box anymore, but there's nothing helping you. You know, there's still nothing to get you ranking because so many of your links have been devalued. So it's possible that you did recover in the technical sense, but that's not having any positive impact on you. And in that case, to continue to try and recover from Penguin in the sense of disavowing bad links and cutting bad links probably isn't going to do anything for you. You have to build something positive. You, know, you have to build some links that are actually going to do you a favor in terms of rankings because you just don't have that. I wonder how long it's going to be for the past and, and start building towards what they should be building towards in the future. Google announced uh, today that they're going to be looking at mobile-first SERPs. Um, Dr. Pete, when we get back from break, I'd like to talk to you about how that might affect link building and how that how a mobile-first universe will affect Google, the way Google looks at links. But before we can talk about that, I'm afraid we've got to take a break here on Webcology or Cranberry.fm. It's the third of October 2016. It's Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beatsock Internet Marketing and we'll be back with Dr. Pete Mayers from Moz.com after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands brands for 30 days go to ebrandswithaz.com or call 1-866-625-5717 that's ebrandswithaz for ebrands Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Money doesn't go on trees. So you'll probably have a better chance of growing your business with cranberries. What? Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. October 2016. Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and we're joined by Dr. Pete Mayers from Moz.com. And uh, before going to break, I, th- I threw out the uh, story that, that uh, came out of uh, Gary E's keynote, uh, I think this morning at, uh, at PubCon, where he was saying, or at least Jennifer Slag said he had said, that Google is moving towards a mobile first search result page universe google will be you know um showing mobile results before 
uh, desktop results on all of its SERPs, not just uh, not just the mobile SERPs, on mobile and desktop searches. Um, Dr. P, will that change the way we build links? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, they've been good first in a broad sense for a couple of years now, and we see that. Uh, I track a lot of the feature graph things like knowledge panels and featured snippets and verticals and all these things that happen around organic. And the thing we've seen consistently for a couple of years is that any new thing comes to mobile first and is designed for mobile. And anything that looks weird on a desktop SERP is probably because it was built for mobile and just slapped onto that desktop SERP in some way. And so I think Google is definitely for a while on a multi-device world and kind of a, a flexibility. You know, they're going towards more of a card-based design. So I think they want one system that can feed all devices, and that goes as far as wearables and voice and things like that. They have to get away from this desktop versus mobile idea, and if they're going to pick one, they're going to pick mobile first because that's the future to them. Um, the index is a little weird, though. You know, for a long time, there's been an index, and they've made decisions on what to display on mobile separately, you know, based on whether a site's mobile-friendly, and that number keeps going up. I think they said something in the realm of 85% of sites or results are mobile-friendly now. And if you look at mobile results, you know, certainly that seems to match what we see. But, yeah, from a, from a link-building perspective, I think what, what you have to ask is, is there going to be much benefit to trying to attract links from sites that are also mobile-friendly? And are we going to see a problem if we're getting links from sites that aren't friendly at to the extent at some point that those sites aren't passing any weight at all. Uh, that's, I mean, we, that's guesswork at this point. Uh, I think the thing that's good for us in some sense is that there's going to be a lot of pressure for larger authoritative sites and trustworthy sites, the sites we want links to be mobile-friendly, and there, there already is a ton of pressure. So, you know, those links we already want are probably going to be pretty safe. But in an interesting way, it may actually help Google fight low-quality links because a lot of those low-quality sites aren't going to adhere to those rules and might just kind of be washed away. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen overnight, but, yeah, we need to be aware. Looking beyond links, uh, moving to a mobile-centric uh, search result page opens a whole bunch of worms for SEOs. Uh, how about, you know, um, structured data? Uh you know, uh, you, you want a really fast site so you can rank well in mobile results, but now you have to put in a whole bunch more data for Google and for a browser to parse through. Um, so, I mean, the build is going to be different, I'd say, maybe a week, starting a week from now. Yeah, I think there's still, there's a lot to going for speed over, extra stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm a fan of structured data, but I think more and more Google can't wait. Uh, we see this with featured snippets, for example. People ask, well, what kind of structured data should I put in place for featured snippets? And the truth is very few of them are coming from structured data. They're coming straight from content because Google can't wait for us to structure our data. They can't rely on us to structure our data. Uh, and they've seen that to things, you know, things like authorship, where there's going to be a certain percentage of people who are very tech savvy, you know, who are going to rush to do that, and everyone else is never going to get around to it. And so, yeah, you know, they, they, can't, they can't wait around. So it can be very powerful, and it can be a first-mover advantage. But if I had to pick that fast mobile-friendly site right now or the one loaded with all this extra stuff, I'd pick the fast mobile-friendly one. Uh, I think the challenge is going to get that we're already seeing Google single column design on desktop yep and so you know we're going to get into a weird world uh where a lot of things get pushed farther down the page where we've got knowledge panels at the top but we've got shopping happening at the top and where that first result just goes farther and farther down uh and i think it's going to I think it's going to hit soon they've been testing some of this for months so they're they're clearly worried about the impact but you know i think it's going to make us think of stuff happening above organic and are there are there just going to be SERPs that they're basically commercial and that's it and that's a reality we have to face uh, I think so I think we're going to have to make some of those 
tougher decisions about certain keywords that this is not a good organic play for us. Wow. Okay. So what we're looking at just to, to, to go with, to follow that thread here is, is what we're looking at is for a lot of queries um, and, and query types, especially those that right now we would see four uh, ads at the top, right? Ones with commercial intent. Um, we're going to be seeing a, a lot more AdWords side of things or injected. So is the battleground, if you did want to pay attention to organic, is the battleground then for position zero, the featured snippets, the knowledge graphs, the, is, is that our only, I mean, flashing forward a few years and I know you don't, you, you know, you're yeah, not Oracle, yeah. you're smart, but going forward, is that our battleground now and, and ranking the traditional top 10 being irrelevant? No, I don't think it'll be irrelevant for a long time. Uh, I think queries that have featured snippets, they're a good thing to battle for. Uh, the traditional knowledge graph is kind of tougher because there's only so much you can do to, you can manipulate that, but anything that's really overt is going to get, you know, taken down. The, you know, the wiki people are going to deal with that eventually, and that's not going to usually benefit you much anyway. It's kind of hard to spam the knowledge graph in an effective way. Uh, what I think we're going to be have, have to be much with intent, you know, there are, there are going to be informational and navigational queries for which organic is still incredibly important and powerful. And even brand queries, you know, we're, we're organic, where you're, you're number one, if you've got six site links and you've got your Twitter results, you know, you can really dominate brand queries in a way now that you couldn't before, where you're everything above the fold. Uh, but for commercial intent, there are queries that we're going to have to just look at and this has got shopping, this has got ads, this has got local pack results because Google sees it as commercial and local, you know, it's pizza or tacos or what, you know, uh, break, fix your breaks or whatever it is, uh, chiropractors. And so, yeah, if we're not competing locally and we're not competing paid, we're going to see a much, much, much smaller impact on those kind of SERPs. So I think it's going to take, it's less about one versus the other. I think it's about certain kinds of queries are going to be more effective for organic, certain are going to be more effective for paid, certain they're going to get into local and other areas that we don't typically put into those two buckets. And we're going to have to have that selective query awareness much more. I mean, it's good job security in a way because our job is going to be harder. We're going to have to track these things in a much more granular way and not just use the same tactics for everything. Now, I, I, I know um, I wasn't surprised to hear you list tacos because I know from LinkedIn your expertise <laughs> in Mexican cuisine. Um, <laughs> Slightly different angle um, on this one. You had mentioned, and this was uh, when you were on the stage at MozCon. Um, one of my one of my favorite sort of takeaways um, from that was when you were talking about um, basically the way that we search is is wrong. Um, and you'd referred in, in your example to a child, right? The, the children can pick up on the way the world actually is working, you know, sort of now and, and moving forward because they naturally ask questions the way people ask questions. And this is voice search. This is what we're does that mean, but actually, you know what, I'll circle this back to kind of what you talked about on stage. What does that mean for how we should target? Like we're talking about commercial versus non-commercial terms now, but if people are searching naturally, how do we condition ourselves to understand what they're doing better and how, how does that impact keyword research? Yeah, I think we have to dig, it's tough. We have to dig a lot deeper into an intent and my MozCon talk got really deep into this, but, uh, if there's a, <laughs> I don't know if there's a short version. <laughs> it's, it's getting complicated. I think we have to kind of let go of the obsession with sort of very targeted, exact match kind of keywords. Uh, as we get into natural language search, people are going to say the same thing a lot of different ways. Uh, and so we, we're going to have to look more at intent, you know, and uh, conversion people and, you know, smart folks in search have been saying this for a long time that, you know, something like, intent versus by stage intent, you know, they're just different customers and they're different people and uh, marketers know that, but I think as search people, we've tended to just kind of lump everybody together. Yeah, and, and for the uh, sake of clarity, just really quickly, we've only got a couple minutes left. This is where Google's uh, immediate efforts in, a, in AI, uh, rank brain, this is where it comes in, trying to suss out intent, right? Yeah, and at least kind of conceptual similarity. Like, well, if I ask the same thing 50 different ways, results based on having the word how or what or all the exact match phrases. They want to know that 
yeah, these things are more or less equivalent, and that's a lot of what I think Rank Brain does. So it's, when I type in Taco Trucks Seattle, I'm trying to figure out where to register to vote. <laughs> exactly. You may be. I don't know. <laughs> well, these days, I mean, if you, if, you, if you have a very active Facebook feed anyway, is Google taking uh, signals into account? I, I don't think they are directly, no. Thank goodness. It'd be a lot of misunderstandings. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, Taco Truck Seattle, Pete would be the authority in impacting all sorts. Exactly. <laughs> you, 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 you can sell links from your personal page to, like, Taco Trucks for that. You know that, eh? <laughs> I, I will not get into my taco-related link buying. <laughs> we are, <laughs> um, Dr. Pete, we're about a minute away. People looking at the state of the industry right now, something that the, the most important thing webmasters ought to be thinking about. What What is that? You know, I think a lot of it, tying back to Rank Brain and everything we said about uh, mobile and voice, is just awareness. You know, don't... Uh, and I say this as a company that sells rank tracking tools, but don't just sit there and look at that number and say I'm number three and be done. Pick up your phone, pick up device, see how that SERP looks and how it's changing because there are so many things that can change that I think awareness is incredibly vital. And everything's happening on mobile first, so look to mobile. I just ordered my Google Home, so you know in a month I'll uh, be playing with that. And uh, Yeah, I think all of this should. Okay, so so next year at this time we'll be talking to you about the Internet of Things and um, how you've had to lock down all those IPs, right? Exactly. I'm going to try and get my Echo and my home to talk to each other and make some videos. So that's what I'll probably <laughs> Dr. Pete Mayer, mad scientist of Moz. Man, thank you so much for taking time to join us here on Webcology today. Thanks. Great talking to you. Um, and Dave, it's... Again, that's it's it's mind blowing. Ten years ago, we started we started broadcasting together. Oh my god! I know. That I know. A, and even that was a far cry from us standing on a deck and, and just chit chatting. Well, yeah, that was yeah. It's what a long trip it's been. And luckily, we got a long strange trip coming up, but not until next week. But until next week, there's a whole a hell of a lot of good content here on Cranberry.fm. So, friends, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. Stick around. Great content coming up right after the news. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? 